before mass, as you know, there was the choir of babies that were singing and, uh, and, and, and crying out. And so I asked Jude, I said, Jude, do you think we should just let the babies preach today? And he thought that was a good idea. So <laughs> it'd probably be better than, than what I'm going to say anyway. There was a story of, uh, I was told this story last night, a story of Father Al Brungart. And I don't know if you ever knew Father Al. Uh, Father Al was one of like 13 kids, grew up in Victoria. Um, but, uh, but this couple that was telling me this story had him as their pastor when they were in Smith Center. And he was just barely new there. And, and there was tons, uh, tons of babies that were in the parish at the time. And um, he said, he said, my first rule, my first rule is that when your baby cries, don't ever take him out of mass. He said, leave him here. He said, it's a sign of a, a sign of a lively parish. And uh, it's true. It's uh, if we don't have babies in the parish, we're not a, we're not a growing parish. I've been in parishes where there aren't babies, and uh, and it's sad. And it's it's uh, it's also much quieter, but uh, <laughs> but it is sad. This, today we have the story of the wedding feast of Cana, and before I dive into that gospel of wedding feast of Cana, which is so very rich, uh, commentators have spent much time talking about. Uh, that particular gospel. I want to talk about the season that we are in now, this, this liturgical season of ordinary time. Ordinary time is marked uh, very explicitly by the color that we wear, the color of green. And the color of green during ordinary time is a sign to us of growth. It's a sign to us when we think of the springtime, especially uh, in, after Easter, we think of, of grow, going into the summer in, in the, wearing the green because of that time in, in the cycle of the year in which things are growing, things are maturing, things are, things are doing what they are supposed to be doing. And so we wear green during kind of significant events uh, in, in the life of the church. So we wear after Christmas, after the Christmas season, before Lent. And after the Easter season until Advent, uh, we wear the color of green because those are the times that we are meant to take those mysteries that we have just celebrated, the mysteries of Christmas, the mysteries of Easter and the Ascension and Pentecost, and we're meant to apply them to our life. And we're meant to uh, have spiritual growth through those very things that, that we have just celebrated. And so this color of green and ordinary time, that word ordinary time, is kind of a misnomer in the sense that it's not ordinary. It's actually meant to be, continue to be extraordinary. It's that time when we actually, when we actually put in the extra effort for us to be able to actually grow deeper into our faith. And so that's the whole point of ordinary time. That's the point of the color of green. Green is the color of hope. It's the color in which we, in which we recognize that there is, that there is something that is coming, uh, to fruition. That something is maturing, that something is alive. And so this, this liveliness that we experience in the life of the church is signified by the very color that we wear. The placement of this gospel from the gospel of John on the second Sunday at ordinary time helps us to realize that threefold event of Epiphany. Remember that I said a couple weeks ago that Epiphany is not just the celebration of the Magi coming to adore Christ, but it's also the baptism of Jesus in the Jordan River, and it's also his first miracle, or what St. John in his gospel actually calls, he calls them signs. He doesn't refer to them as miracles. 
And so throughout the entire gospel, it's Jesus performed his first sign and Jesus performed the sign of, of the miracle of the loaves and the fishes. Jesus performed this sign or that sign. And so, and so we have Jesus's first sign presented to us in the gospel today. Remember that the epiphany, the magi coming to Jesus is the manifestation of the fact that Jesus was coming for all people, that it wasn't just for the Jews, that he was coming for the Gentiles as well. And the first fruits of that were the Magi that came to adore him. His being baptized in the Jordan River is is to show us that we are also meant to be baptized and that he goes down into the waters in order to sanctify the waters so that those waters then can then sanctify us. It's also the revelation of the Trinity. When the God the Father, the clouds are ripped open, the skies are ripped open, God the Father speaks, the Holy Spirit comes down in the form of, do- uh, form of a dove. Jesus is in the water in this manifestation of the most holy Trinity. And so what is, what is being manifested in our gospel today? And so that's what Epiphany is, remember, it's the manifestation of, of Jesus. And so what, it, what is being manifested to us today is the work that Jesus is coming to do. Remember what I said on Christmas. If you weren't for, here for, for Christmas, we're out of town uh, with family. I gave a homily about the, the four reasons that Christ took on flesh, that God, the, that God, the second person of the Trinity, took on human flesh. Why did the Word become flesh? The Catechism gives us four reasons, paragraph 457, 458, 459, and 460. The Catechism says the Word became flesh for us in order to save us by reconciling us with God. Secondly, the Word of flesh, the Word became flesh so that we might know God's love. Thirdly, the Word became flesh to be our model of holiness. And finally, the Word became flesh to make us partakers of the divine nature. And so what Jesus is showing to us in our gospel today is that the Word becomes flesh and He performs this sign to help us to realize that He is desiring for us to sanctify the ordinary events of our life. A wedding ceremony is, is somewhat ordinary in the sense that all human beings are called to marriage. Some are called out of marriage into religious life or into the priesthood, but all because of their, because of their way that their bodies are made and the way that God has created us, we are created for marriage. We're created to be in union with the opposite sex and we are created to bring forth children. That's the purpose of marriage, to get one another to heaven. And so what Jesus is showing us is that even in these little moments of our life, We are called to sanctify them. So when we go out into the world and we go back to our work, we go back to our families, we're meant to sanctify those moments of work. We're meant to sanctify those moments with our family to offer that time up as our prayer to spend. Sorry, distracted. There's a pacifier that just rolled across the floor. (laughs) I hope that's on video because that'd be funny. (laughs) We're called to sanctify every little moment of every of everything that we do. And so what what we have uh, today with these six stone water jars is that there's these jars for ceremonial washing. Commentators on the gospel recognize that the, the fact that there are six 
helps us to realize that there is an incompleteness that is taking that is taking place. When we go back to the story of creation, God created in six days. And what happened on the seventh day? Well, God rested. There was no creation that happened on the seventh day. Creation happened in six days. God rested on the seventh. And in that seventh day is a completion or a fulfillment of everything that had been done. And so these six stone water jars are referring in a sense to the old covenant that God has made with humanity. That God has made with Israel. And there is an incompleteness in what has happened in the old covenant. The old covenant brought about the law of God through the Ten Commandments of Moses uh, that Moses brought down from the mountain. But they didn't sanctify the people. They didn't bestow sanctifying grace into the lives of the people. And so there was an incompleteness that happened. The law couldn't get them into heaven. They were still outside of heaven because Christ hadn't died. Because the gates of heaven hadn't been opened yet. And so what Jesus is showing to us is that these six jars are filled with water, something that is ordinary, and they bring the water to Jesus, and then something extraordinary takes place. So in our lives, we are born into the world, and in a sense, we are created on the sixth day. Humanity is created on the sixth day, in a sense. And then something extraordinary takes place in our life, that moment when we are baptized. And we don't, we forget how extraordinary baptism is. The fact that baptism incorporates us into the body of Christ, making us a partaker of the divine nature of Christ. That we share in the divinity of Christ. Not that we become God ourselves, but that we become like God as we are intended to be, as we are created in His image and likeness. And through that baptism, through the, through the reception of the sacraments, we are able to be sanctified. What wasn't possible in the Old Covenant now becomes possible in the New Covenant. And so it's Jesus, in a sense, establishing, uh, showing the sign of this New Covenant that He is establishing. This covenant in which we are able to drink of this wine, this fine wine that is better than any wine that that has ever come before. This fine wine that we are meant to partake of through the sacraments that Christ has instituted for us so that we may be sanctified, that we may participate in the life of God. And so this manifestation of Jesus at the, at the wedding feast of Cana is not about necessarily about the couple. It's about the fact that God is uniting himself more deeply to us. Because what happens at a wedding ceremony when is that the, the, the one who, the, uh, what's, what's, who, what's their name? The one who runs, the head waiter, the one who kind of runs, runs the party. If there is wine to be brought out, they would take it to the bridegroom first. The one who is running, the one who is head of the party. The bridegroom, of course, is the head of the party. So they would normally go to the bridegroom to have them taste the wine to make sure it was uh, sufficient for, for the wedding guests. And the fact that they take this wine and they don't go to the bridegroom who is present at the party uh, at this wedding party. They take it to Christ. Which is an indication to us that Christ is wedding himself to humanity. That he is the bridegroom. And that we are meant to be the bride. That we are meant to be united to him. So that we and we come forth for the sacraments. That Christ comes into us. 
through especially the sacrament of the Eucharist, where we are united bodily for those moments that the Eucharist runs through our veins. And not only are we just united to him then through the Eucharist and through baptism where that, where that union truly is, but then we are confirmed. God doesn't just leave us and say, good luck, you get to live your Catholic life and good luck with that. But he says, no, I'm going to give you the grace and give you the strength to make you a soldier for me, to be the hands and feet of me and go out into the world. And so through the sacrament of confirmation, we are given the gifts of the Holy Spirit to go out into the world and to use them so that we can actually grow the church, that we can actually go and bring others to know Christ, to bring them into this love of God for the purpose of which Christ came and took on human flesh, to reconcile us with the Father, to show us the way to holiness, to show us how to live this life, to unite us to the divine nature. This is what God wants for us. This is what God is doing for us. And so in this Wedding Feast of Cana, he is showing us that he is wanting to be united to us. And this newness that is coming about with this new wine that he has brought forth from this miracle, from changing this, really it's dirty water. It's dirty water that he takes and he transforms into this wine that is better than the wine before. These are jars used for washing of feet. Ceremonial washings included the washing of feet. Their feet walking on the roads that were dusty. Their feet would have been filthy. And so the, that remaining dirt, as you know, when you, when you take a bucket and fill it with dirty water, there's always residual dirt in the bucket. And so in these jars, there's that residual dirt. And so this water would have been somewhat still dirty. And yet Jesus transforms it. And so that's what Jesus is trying to tell us for our own lives today. That he is wanting to transform our life. That even through our sin, we can be transformed. When we go to confession, we have our sins forgiven. We are transformed through the sacrament so we can live out this sanctifying grace that God desires for us. He wants to sanctify the ordinary events of our life. And my final point from our gospel today is that Jesus also wants us to go through the Blessed Mother. The Blessed Mother intercedes on behalf of the couple that is married. She intercedes on their behalf, doesn't want them to be embarrassed by the lack of lack of wine for their party, doesn't want the couple to be hurt on this most glorious day of their lives. And so she intercedes for them. In their lacking in what they have in their lives, she intercedes. And so those areas in which we are lacking, we want to go to our Blessed Mother and allow her to intercede for us to Jesus. And when she intercedes for us, the very words that she tells the servants that are surrounding Jesus is the same words that we should hear in our own lives. When Mary tells the servants in our Gospels that today, do whatever he tells you, We want to have that openness to his will as well. We want to be able to respond to Mary's words, do whatever he tells you, by saying, yes, I will do it. As Mary responded to God's will in her life, she said, yes, I will fulfill it. So when we go to prayer, let us go to our Blessed Mother. Let us allow her to intercede for us so that we may make 
extraordinary that which is ordinary by sanctifying it through the through the through our prayers, through our offering up our daily duties to our God, and fulfilling the will through Mary's intercession that God has in store for us.